0: Hello and welcome to the Rise of Her podcast. I'm your host Roxanne. I'm a mom of four, wife and business owner. This is the podcast where we talk self-development, health and wellness, mindset, balancing career and family and everything in between. Think of me as your supportive bestie as we grow together and become the best versions of ourselves. If you want to create a life that you love, then you're in the right place. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Rise of Her podcast. It is Thursday so we have another guest episode. I had a chat with the amazing Emily from Family Centered Sleep. We had a chat about the developmental stages that kids go through and how sleep affects that. We also spoke about why sleep is so important for the whole family and so much more. So you'll have to have a listen to the episode to hear all of that amazing information that Emily has shared with us. But I hope that this gives you a little bit of insight into why it's so important to prioritize sleep and understand the benefits of of having really good sleep habits. If you're interested in hearing Emily and I speak all things sleep, then keep on listening. But I hope that you guys love the episode. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rise of Her podcast. I'm so excited to chat to you about all things sleep for children. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Oh,
1: thank you so much. I'm honestly so excited to be here. You know, I, I'm, I vibe with your energy, like I, I love that you're here about women and lifting each other up. So, you know, I'm excited for us to chat today. Well, oh, thank you so much, Emily. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let, let's jump
0: straight into it. Did you want to introduce yourself, your business, a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Oh, sure. so it is a little bit of a story. So I'm going to take, take you on a journey, so to speak about me. So I'm first and foremost, a mom of two boys. So one's not too far off turning six and the other's a couple of months shy of two. Um, And I'm a sleep consultant, so my business is family-centred sleep. And as you can kind of gather from the business name, I'm all about the whole family unit because, like, when one person's sort of a bit off or not sleeping well, it somehow affects the whole dynamic of the family. So, you know, that that's what I'm here about. But, you know, getting to be a sleep consultant was a bit of a journey for me. I'm, um, I'm a teacher by trade and um, like a school leader, you know, deputy principal at one stage in schools. And so, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have like postgraduate certificates and stuff in, you know, in education and a master's in educational leadership. So, you know, I, without sounding too cocky, like I know how to teach people to learn basically. And so, you know, that, that is partly why I'm saying this because, you know, that's why I've become a, a sleep consultant. The other thing is, you know, like every great teacher, I'm pretty organized and I love a bit of routine. So again, it was kind of a natural progression into being a sleep consultant. Personally, in terms of like the parenting side of things, I, I don't follow a particular mantra or anything in terms of parenting. I'm pretty low intervention. Like I had a home birth for my second, you know, I'm pretty like um, intuitive. We're just sort of like go with the flow, um, you know, forever tweaking and, and watching the play. So that's sort of how, how I am in my parenthood journey, but it also, I think it really relates to me as a sleep consultant as well. But I just, like, rewind six years and this is how I get to being a sleep consultant. So I've got that teacher stuff. I'm a mum. Six years ago I found out I was pregnant with my first and then, like, four days later my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. So, like, gutting, you know, the the highs and lows of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the day my son was born, my dad actually died and I was in Melbourne and had my little guy. Dad and like my immediate family, they are in were in aubrey. So we bundled our little boy Bastian up, um, you know, not even maybe a little bit over 24 hours old, I think he was, packed the car. First time parents and drove up the highway like three and a half hours on the road. That's when you don't have kids, so there were a few stops along the way because we're like, "Is he all right? Yeah. All right, he's fine. He's still sleeping." You know, newborns, I love it. So yeah, we drove up the highway to be with my family again. Just living that spectrum of life and death, you know, joy and sorrow. Like yeah, it was um, it was a wild ride. Still is sort of to this day. And look, I didn't know much about sleep then, not much about baby sleep. I knew I needed sleep, but I didn't know what this little little being needed as well. I knew I was really keen to breastfeed, so sort of concentrated on that, went with the flow. We fed to sleep every sleep, and that worked for us really well until it didn't. We got <laughs> to like four or five months and did the old typical, we then tried everything for a couple of months, nothing worked. And now being a sleep consultant, hindsight, I know exactly why none of it worked. I um I engaged a sleep consultant and thought right this is going to be this is this is our thing we needed and she was hopeless oh, really? she didn't ta- yeah didn't take our parenting um, like style I suppose into consideration didn't really get to know my son's temperament or anything like that you know didn't bring me on the journey there was little communication and you know needless to say it 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 just didn't work we were I felt like we were worse off but it just it didn't come together for us then at 11 months I was like right sleep school here we come I'd heard that like the first night or so you could get a full night's sleep so I was like bring it let's do that and get a good night's sleep. And, you know, I'll be anybody's basically. I, um, I think because of my journey to parenthood, I was offered a psychologist appointment. So I did that. That was awesome. I walked out of that appointment though, to one of the head nurses at the sleep school. And she said, you guys have to go. And it hadn't been 24 hours. And I was just like, what is going on? I was devastated. There was apparently like a gastro outbreak and yeah. our little guy had been in touch in contact with the little person who had gastro. And so they were like, let's just stop the spread basically. And, um, we had to leave and like, I was gutted. I was so devastated because this was like our little, our shining light, this sleep school. I thought, all right, this is going to do it for us. And then, yeah, I think 24 odd hours, we were out of there. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So complete despair. But the teacher in me, I had already written all these notes mm-hmm. because my husband was at work. So I wrote all these notes down. I was like, right, we are nailing this. I'm going to give him these notes. We're going to know what to do. Anyway, we took those home. Uh, once I sort of got myself back together again. I looked at the plan that they basically told us. I tweaked what didn't sit well with me, uh, changed a few things that were gonna suit us a little bit better. And I thought, my, my theory was, let's just work on it until we can get back there. They said maybe two or three weeks. Until we can get back there, we might be in a better better position than we were when we, you know, got kicked out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, two weeks later, I called and cancelled because it had worked. Our little guy was sleeping. He was sleeping through the night like he was having these great day sleeps, Um then I so then you know fast forward a few months I went back to work as a leader in a primary school, and I was working really closely with um, other families, you know, families who who needed extra support, um, whether the kids needed support in their learning or you know there was behavioural things or um, you know falling behind, that kind of families. And it dawned on me, I was like, you know what. Half of these kids and these families are just exhausted. They're tired. And I I made that connection because of what I had lived. Mm -hmm. And I sort of thought, gosh, I wonder if I could be the sleep consultant I needed, you know, months ago. And so I sort of was toying with that. I was like, do I really need to do more study? Because I'd just done a master's in leadership and was like, oh, anyway, toying with it. And then COVID hit. And like the story of so many, it kicked our butts. We were living in Melbourne, you know, both working as teachers in lockdown. Um, we were juggling our son actually as well, full time, because we had a nanny when I was at work. And because of the lockdowns and our situation, the nanny just, it deased, we couldn't have her anymore. Mm-hmm. So we were juggling anyway for some Reason I started at that time when we couldn't probably juggle anymore to start studying to be a sleep consultant. I don't know, I just sort of felt called to do it. As I said, I wanted to be the person I needed, basically. Um, I felt pregnant with our second little guy. He became my guinea pig, I suppose, from woe to go. <laughs> Still is probably to this day. You know, both our sons are great little sleepers now. And yeah, that, that's sort of how I got to be where I am now as a sleep consultant. Like I, I now know why I had that bad experience as a sleep consultant because it kind of taught me what families need and in a sleep consultant and it sort of taught me about who I want to be as a sleep consultant as well. Um, and you know, being in the trenches, I'm a parent too. I got two little guys, and you know, it sleeps never going to be perfect, and I, 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 I never. Tell people that it's going to be just because you're going to make some great healthy sleep habits. It's never going to be perfect, you mm-hmm. know. Kids are up and down, and so is family life. So you know, I I tell it like it is. I um as a sleep consultant, you know, I I actually remove myself from the sleep training kind of rhetoric. I I don't I don't sleep train. I create healthy sleep habits. Um, and because I know sleep's life. Like for me, I need it. I am not a morning person, mm-hmm. so if my kids are waking at five a.m., I just wouldn't cope. Yeah. um and so yeah I, I'm just I'm I'm living it with my families and that's what just really excites me when I'm working with my clients that I know what it's like to go from sleep deprived to like thriving and um yeah that that's that's how I got to be here
0: what a story. Like that's yeah, sorry. so interesting. <laughs> that's no, no, life. no. That's, that was great to listen to. <laughs> first of all, like, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. Oh, thank um, you. I actually, like, I lost my dad to cancer last year. So oh, yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely empathize. So, yeah. And I can only imagine how difficult that would have been, like having your first baby and then going through that. Mm. So first of all, I do want to acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Your background is really interesting to me. So education is obviously something that's very important to you and comes quite naturally, I'm assuming. Like you said, mm-hmm. definitely helps with yeah. what you've chosen to do. <laughs> Teaching families better sleep habits is massive. Like I personally find that if I'm like not having enough sleep for me takes so much of my life away. <laughs> like I really struggle day to day with even just my temperament in general. So that's yeah, I really yeah. Really liked listening to that. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thanks. So jumping like straight into what sleep actually looks like for a sleep deprived parent, from my knowledge, like I had, I lacked mental clarity and I was exhausted all the time and obviously was getting a bit angry all the time. Do you find that that's a normal thing for a lot of parents when they're feeling sleep deprived? Like what does sleep deprivation in parents look yeah.
1: like? You know what? That is so normal. And I really resonate with that as well. I, I think I said before, I am not a morning person. So like I need, I need my sleep. Um, and you know, my husband even is like, right, if I can have just seven hours, I'm a good, good human being. And, and that's the thing, you know, if I can help people sleep, I can, it sounds so cliche, but imagine if we were all well slept, I can help the world here. Like we're all better people because when we're sleep deprived, like I was ragey Uh, and that's why we went to sleep school because one night I was just like ragey and Mm -hmm. it was like where is I'm a naturally probably fiery person anyway yeah but not ragey (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I was like where does this come from it's just because I'm so damn tired um you know people families come to me because they're yeah as you said that cloudy foggy brain you know can't think of words and um they you know I often hear like I'm actually really well educated but I can't even think of like I can't even string a sentence together you know like it's so many families families like that. Um, So the impacts of sleep deprivation is just, it's huge. Like it it goes into, you know, mental health side of things. Um, Actually, I was reading a study the other day. I can't remember where it was from. But anyway, I was reading a study and it said something along the lines of mothers who are sleep deprived are 3% more likely um, to have mental health issues compared to those who actually get predictable Um, sleep. Mm -hmm. And you just think, wow, like if we could all sleep a little bit, it's just going to give us all a little leg up, isn't it? (laughs) I think most
0: of us who have children understand those early days, how difficult Mm -hmm. they are when you're trying to figure out what um, a newborn sleeps like and Mm. what your sleep is going to look like. And while you're, while you're recovering from childbirth as well, it (laughs) should be quite painful and hormones, all of these little things that are all piecing together Mm. horrible sleep well from your experiences and Mm. um from your knowledge what are the different phases that children go through and what their sleep is like in the the earlier years
1: yeah cool so yeah I I agreed like those first that first try that first uh you know few months after birth is huge there's so much development and um what I love when I speak to new parents like that first two weeks you might have experienced this too with your kids you feel like you've got the best little sleeper ever and just you know they're so sleepy they feed and sleep and poo and that's basically there's not much awake time in between And you don't want to burst their bubble, but you're like, you know what? That baby's going to wake up soon. And then you're really going to know what's going to happen. You know, they're unpredictable, it's relentless. The overnight feeds and wakings—they can be pretty lonely sometimes as well. And contact napping, so much contact napping, which I say to my families all the time, is great. It works until it doesn't. You know, for some Mm -hmm. families it works until they're over one, um, and for other families like mine, it worked until we got to four or five months, and I was like, "How do I get anything done?" Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that first try, that fourth trimester, I suppose, there is such a huge amount of growth. Like they go from basically having. No awake window in a sense. You know, they're they're awake a little bit to a two-hour awake period, like in three or four months. That's a huge difference. And it's no wonder families are feeling by the fourth month or fifth month, like, what is going on? How do I, how do I do this? (laughs) There's no manual. And then four months, there's that developmental progression. And I hated hearing that when I was a first-time mum the progression, like I was mm-hmm. like, no way, this is a regression for sure. <laughs> like, this is bad. <laughs> but you know, again, so much development happening, like at that period of time, our, our sleep really changes, it nearly becomes from that super newborn sleep to nearly like the sleep we experience as adults. But for some reason, it goes from like six to eight hour chunks of sleep, which feel great to like, two to four hours, chunks of sleep, which you're like, how is this a progress? I feel like I'm going backwards. And that's why people get to that four or five months and they're like, what do I do? And then we jump ahead a few more months. We've got like eight months. That's another decent progression, you know, developmental shifts happening. There's a little bit of separation anxiety that happens at that time as well. You know, they understand that mum for most of the time mum and I separate beings and they're like hold on is she going to come back to me now that she's just ducked over to the pantry and so you know you get that separation anxiety and all those shifts that happen in the development it does impact sleep because that's time where we you know rest and restore the brain and all the little neural pathways are connecting when we sleep and so our sleep can can start to get interrupted again then you get to 12 months and again another big developmental shift you know, walking, talking, eating, all the things are happening. And for some kids, they love to practice a lot of these when they're sleeping. So again, it can impact the sleep. And then you got your like your 18 months to three-ish that time, you know, you go through the terrible twos, which is, you know, I really feel like we had it more of as a three-year-old, but they know so much, like my little guy, he's nearly two, they understand everything. But their ability to communicate is lacking, so you get your little tantrums and the frustration is shown. So, at that eighteen month time, you know you're transitioning from two naps to one nap, and you know so much is happening. Um, and then as you continue to get older, then the external influences happen. You know, kinder and preschool and childcare and and school even. You know, it all then impacts and sleep and just being gets that little bit more complex as you build and.
0: And grow as well. It's so interesting that you are going through all of those stages because I <laughs> know them so well. Yeah, you would. Like <laughs> oh my goodness. Like especially when you mentioned the eight to nine month one. Oh yeah, I remember that. I with my first, especially, I had no idea what was going on because you know, like you said, you don't get given a manual on the way home from the hospital. You just kind of given a baby and <laughs> no, you see what happens. Which I think, yeah. is, I think that's why it's so important to seek outside um, support. It's really interesting because I've noticed with my children, as they were learning new things, it was like their brain needed the opportunity to actually catch up to them. And that's why sleep, I I find like sleep is so important for those reasons. Like they are having those stages where they're learning so much. And when you're learning new things, it's the same with like, I find weightlifting, even you're training something new and you need the chance to actually recover and rest like you said. So thank you for like going totally. through those stages yeah. because I think, yeah, I think a lot of the time can forget, <laughs> they are actually just stages that you go through. Well, kids go through yeah, and we kind of have to work around them. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the thing. And, and you know what, they are stages. And as a first time mom, I kept hearing, it's just a phase, you know, the, they'll grow out of it. And yeah, it, Absolutely happens. But when you're in the thick of it and you're experiencing like loads of wake-ups, like when we went to sleep school, I think my little guy was waking every hour overnight. Mm-hmm. Like to hear it's just a phase and it'll pass. It's not helpful.
0: No. Like tell not. me
1: how I can make it pass a little quicker. Yeah. <laughs> like or at least like
0: help you go yeah. through it. Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. just what, what can you tell me to actually help me get through it? Because that would be yeah, a, ideal Exactly. from your experience. Like what are the benefits of actually having good quality sleep and why is it so important to prioritize it?
1: So even as adults, like I know for myself and I've said it before, like I'm not a morning person. Like I know I need sleep and you know, I love to get to the gym just like you do. I probably, am not pumping as big weights as you are, but you know, I need, I need that time for me too. Um, you know, to have sleep uh, means that, you know, we can actually get out and be the best person we are. And so for our kids, they're just, it's, the same thing like you know put my teacher kind of hat on it's all about growth and development like if we're having really interrupted sleep the growth and development it'll still happen like let's be real it's still going to happen but it's just the the quality sleep overnight isn't happening which means it does impact that growth and development like all as I mentioned before you know neural pathways aren't joining together because you're getting interrupted sleep in a sense so our bodies need to sleep so that they can rest and restore and to be able to grow and learn and wake up you know ready to go again because you know kids have so much energy and they are learning they're like little sponges it's such a cliche but they are they're soaking everything up that they see and um if they're seeing a parent who's tired and ragey or um, really emotional or, you know, a bit of a roller coaster, then they're soaking that up as well and and learning from us as to how to be. But if they're seeing people who are, you know, somewhat level and content in their life, then they're going to learn from that too. So it's such a two-way street. Like our kids need it for their growth and development, but we need it to be the best humans we can be. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when we're the best, so are they. Like it all is just... So, so interconnected, like, you know, sleep. It is life. It is the absolute foundation for you know, physical, um, mental, emotional well-being. You know, all the good stuff. We we to for those things to thrive, we actually need the right amount of sleep for ourselves. I just sleep is life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: really glad
0: that you pointed out the importance of a parent getting sleep as well. Not just how important it is for the growth and development of children, but also. For us as parents to be good enough for them to soak in what they need to know, because that is such a massive thing for me, especially um, because I want to be level headed. I want to be able Hmm. to teach them and have the patience for them. And when I'm tired, I don't have that. And I notice their behavior change when I'm exhausted because they're then snappy about things because I'm snappy and then that affects how they sleep anyways, because you know, yeah. their their stress levels are higher because totally. I'm stressed out and then they're stressed out. And then the whole household is stressed out yeah. and nobody's yeah. sleeping. So I really, really love that you pointed that out because I feel like that is such an important thing for yeah. people to understand.
1: Yeah. Can I just be a nerd on you for a second Absolutely. and just pick up on what we are saying? Yeah. It's because of these things called mirror neurons. So our kids learn from us because of this developmental um, being in ourselves that are mirror neurons so they basically mirror what they're seeing so if we're all tense and tight then so are they um and you know i actually talk about this sometimes with some of my families because um you know some of the families i'm working with they're on the anxious side of things, and they're happy to say that to me, you know, I've got anxiety. And we talk about, okay, relax your shoulders, have a smile on your face. Like when you're going in and supporting your baby to resettle, try and be calm. Like there's a little bit of a fake it till you make it until you start to believe it because They are totally vibing off our energy and it's like no um, shock that, yeah, when we're a bit uptight or anxious, our kids' behaviour is a bit off because they're mirroring how we're feeling as well so like it's so important for us to be really um, level-headed and as content as we possibly can be because it just it helps our kids as well Mm -hmm. and yeah that's the mirror neurons side of things
0: oh thank you for sharing that that's so interesting (laughs) I had no idea about that like I I'm so interested by how the brain works and how the body works
1: so when you told me that I was like oh yes yeah Exactly, I know. Like you know, even my families, the, the the clients I work with, they talk to me about like um you know, I just feel like I've got more energy. You know, I can't believe how much more I'm doing with my kids now. Like we're going to the park every afternoon or we're playing with the Lego together. And they, you know, I had a client just a couple of weeks ago say, I didn't even realize how tired I was until I felt better and was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing so many more things with my kids now. Like that's the impact of sleep as well. Um, You know, the you're you providing more opportunities in a sense because we've got more energy to go about the day to day.
0: So I know we're talking about like sleep itself and are we talking quantity of sleep, or is it more we're looking at the quality of sleep that's important?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, it's probably uh oh, both in the same. Like quality sleep is so important. Um, you know, for our little people to have beyond, you know, two naps a day, for instance. If they're only having little short sleeps, they're going to get to bedtime pretty ragged. And, you know, that's why the witching hour kind of happens as well, because they're starting to be getting ready for sleep again. So you certainly need your quality sleep. But each age group um, of children have like a range that is a good amount of sleep for each child. So, you know, down at the four months end, you're going to need more sleep down there compared to the 12 month end. Um, But yeah, quality versus quantity. I feel like we sort of need both. You need a good balance of both. I'm so glad you said that (laughs) (laughs)
0: because I was like, is it better to have two hours of really, really good sleep or is it better to have eight hours of light sleep. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And
0: yeah. It depends, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> it does. You know, and that's the thing, you know, being a sleep consultant too, nothing's ever black and white. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's why it's great to work with a sleep consultant as well, because you can kind of figure out like Some kids need a little bit less sleep than others, you know, in their general age bracket. Other kids might need a little bit more. So it's great to be able to try and figure out exactly what's right for each child. And, you know, that goes for adults too. Like, yeah, I think I said before, my husband needs like about seven hours and he's like a good person. Me, I need more than that. Like I need, I reckon I need at least eight hours and then I'm a good human being the next day. So it does definitely differs from person to person. Um, You know, I can have eight hours and have been up overnight even to do a feed, but I, you know, I'm still okay the next day. So yeah, it's certainly a bit of quality and quantity altogether.
0: So as a new parent, how would you get the most of your sleep, especially when you've got all of those nightly wake ups Mm. and, you know, you've got to stay up during the day because your kid is up. During the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you have for somebody who's going through that at the moment?
1: I think my best advice for that is predictability. Mm-hmm. So I, I work with my clients around like w- when we're creating sleep habits, I'm like, let's be really rigid with our timings just to get things happening and moving in the right direction. But then when we're done, we all we I always talk with my families about just predictable sleep. Um, So I like to talk about, you know, within a routine, there is flexibility. So, for instance, my little guy, he's on a one nap a day and his best nap time would be about one o'clock. But I'm not tied to being at home for that and I'm not tied to that time. So I like to sort of look at it and go anywhere between 12.30 and 1.30. he's, He's sort of ready to have a sleep. So I have that predictability in my day that I know that he's going to sleep around then. So I know that I can either get the washing done or prepare dinner or sit down and have lunch myself. I've got that predictable time. So if I'm not feeling it that day, I can take some time for myself or if I'm feeling like oh life's good, I can, you know, punch through a heap of work and washing, dinner, dishes, all the things. So having the predictability makes me feel like I've got a little bit of control in my life and then you know same with my my other clients if their kids are on two naps a day I'll be like right you know you're going to have a nap about here and about here so work around it like your child needs sleep like we're here to provide them what they need But when and how that sleep happens, well, it can change from day to day. But the predictability is what's going to get you through the day. So you might have a short nap at the beginning of the day. So go out, do the groceries, go have a coffee, get them to sleep in the pran and you can get out and do what you need. And if you need to come home and have some downtime, well, you know that next nap's going to happen. So you can have your downtime if you want. Or if you know that you've got to get a heap of admin done, get them to bed for that second nap. You've got a good chunk of time. Get your admin work done. Mm-hmm. So my, my biggest thing is, predictability try and have a bit of predictability in your life and would you suggest especially like in that
0: first year would you suggest tracking your baby's sleep so you have an idea of Mm. when they are gonna nap or would you more just kind of say like oh just go with the flow and see what happens there would you say combination of things there
1: do you know that is totally dependent on the person Mm -hmm. so for me I'm a really I, I love to be organized um and I love a bit of routine so initially I was tracking sleep for like both my boys even actually but like my sister for instance she's not as routine and not as organized as me so that wouldn't have worked for her the tracking of sleep so it really depends on who you are as a person and I think that's the beauty of working with a sleep consultant and um you know, reaching out for a bit of support, because they can help you navigate that. Like, I know some people are just like, you know what, timings don't work for me. Um, You know, I can't track the sleep. So we're like, right, let's just go down another avenue, then like, we can work with that. Um, Yeah, so it really is dependent on your lifestyle and personality. I think sometimes timing things can stress people out. But other times, like me, I thrive off that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm very similar. I I used to track my baby's sleeps. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the first like six months. I was always tracking just to make sure, you know, I knew when their sleep was coming. They were getting some level of what I thought was the right amount and yeah you can kind of I felt like I could gauge from that but I'm also I am a tracker so
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and it's totally about personality that Mm -hmm. like yeah as I said some families are like yeah give me the tracking and others are like no that just adds anxiety and stress so it's trying to find what works best for each each person do
0: you have any resources that people could find really easily um, if they are looking for more support in the sleep area?
1: yes so for sure like Like, look, you know, Instagram accounts are so easily digestible. Like, you know, if you come and look at my Instagram, for instance, there's, you know, little reels and, you know, short captions that are easy to digest as well. Um, So, you know, checking out people who really, you resonate with, I think is really helpful. But, you know, making sure they're an authority in the area in a sense as well, like, um, you know, having a good balance of people who are mums and people who are lifestyle and fitness and then people who are, you know, like uh, something to do with sleep or nursing or doctors or something like that so that they really um, have an understanding of the sleep science. So, you know, I know when I was in like the sleep-deprived state having short, sharp visuals was really important. Like having something super long, I just couldn't digest it. So that's why I say, you know, go somewhere that's easily digestible like Instagram because they're sort of short, sharp, like um, bits of information and, you know, following people who resonate with you but who are, have some sort of credibility and authority in the area is really helpful but other places like depending on how your mental health is like going to panda for a bit of support there is great you know, your maternal health nurse, whatever it might be called in each state, <laughs> is different. But, you know, they're a great sounding board too. And, you know, you can't go wrong with talking to people who have children as well. And, you know, even your own parents and parents-in-law, like, yes, life was different for them back then, like my mom. she wasn't out and about having coffees and going to the gym and all the things that I do. But, you know, the the parenting techniques, you know, sleep hasn't changed. It's just um, our social setting has. So always tap into people who have been there and done it before as well. I love that. And
0: talking to people who have been through the same experiences, just to have somebody to hear you as well as it makes a huge difference with when you're going through sleep deprivation. I found so anyway, true. Yeah, yeah, just so true.
1: And for someone to be yeah. like, oh, my God, you know, I we had that last month or, um, you know, oh, I know what you mean. We were up seven times two last night, like just to hear that you're not alone. You know, yeah, we we're all having similar experiences one way or another. Um, it may not be identical, but you know, sleep and development, particularly in those first few years, interestingly enough, is just so similar across the board. So you know, someone else out there will be experiencing it too.
0: I am quite curious on your thoughts about like magnesium gummies Mm. and those like melatonin and things like that, those Mm. supplements that sometimes people can add into their lives Mm. to assist with their children's sleep. So I'm I'm just very curious on your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, look, it's a little bit out of my realm of influence in a sense like I'm not a professional in that area Mm -hmm. but I would certainly say like if you're looking at doing things like that I'd talk to a professional like go and speak to a naturopath or a dietitian or someone along those lines because you know they'll be able to cover those areas more specifically and have more information about that as opposed to me but my other suggestion would be before going to like magnesium and melatonin and all those things, you know, give something else a go first. Make sure you've got really healthy sleep habits happening um, and don't just chop and change. If you're trying to make a change to the, your sleep habits, don't just chop and change and try something new each night it's definitely not going to work like consistency is absolutely key when you're changing any habit but you know when you're changing sleep habits so you know yeah my advice would be around try and make a change you know figure out what you want what your goal is try and make a bit of a change to create some really healthy sleep habits and if it's not quite working you know feel like a a melatonin or something along those lines is really helpful you know go and see a health practitioner and yeah see what they've got to say about it too
0: what's your top piece of advice for anyone who does want to change their sleep habits?
1: Yeah. Okay. Top advice. It would be come up with a realistic goal. So uh, as initially as sort of number one. So if you've got a four month old saying you want them to absolutely sleep through the night's probably not overly realistic and don't get me wrong. Some do, but you know, not that many will just be able to sleep through the night. Like they still sort of need a couple of feeds overnight, theoretically, generally speaking. So come up with a really, really stick goal and create a bit of a plan, put a bit of a plan in place. Like what are we going to do to get to that goal and then be really consistent? So generally speaking, it takes two weeks to create a change and that's why I like my most Popular package is like a two week package where we work together for two weeks and you know we're in constant contact. We make the change, we reach the goal by two weeks. So that's why I'm always like, stay consistent. You know, figure out your plan, stick with it, and if it hasn't changed in two weeks, well, probably reach out for some support because maybe something else needs tweaking there. Mm -hmm. But um, usually, when I work with my clients, we do our two weeks together, and then I'm really clear in saying. For it to be a really like embedded goal, like a way of being, you still need to be really consistent for another two weeks and just make sure it sticks, basically. Um, And then after that, you know, you're good as gold. It won't be perfect, that's Mm. for sure. But, you know, whatever your goal is, it will have been met. And you go away, you get sick, you know things happen. There's always bumps in the road, but you know you can always get back to that goal again. So, you know it takes two weeks to make the change, but probably another week to two to make it really stick. You know I I always think of it too, like in regards to like my health. Like I love going to the gym, but getting into the rhythm of like getting there, getting to the gym as often as I want to. Like it takes me a couple of weeks to get into that rhythm where it just becomes my way of being so you know it's it's the same kind of thing for families changing sleep so create a really uh, age-appropriate goal make a plan be consistent to get there I love that you said age-appropriate there as well (laughs) yeah oh it's got to be you know like as I said a four-month-old probably isn't going to sleep through the night at four months but you know at 12 months, we could definitely work towards that as being a goal, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and like having a dark space, a bit of white noise and a nice wind down routine. If you've got those things in place as well, like they are a great start to making some um, you know, creating some healthy sleep habits. Mm -hmm. I love that you
0: said that they had to be healthy sleep habits, especially as a child, because, um, Mm. I, I didn't have like healthy sleep habits when I was younger. So I had to learn them myself, which was Mm. much harder. So I feel like if you're setting up those habits when they're younger, as they get older and they start to go through, you know, more developmental stuff and they start Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out that they're not babies anymore, (laughs) um, they can kind of put themselves to sleep and they understand their own cues. I know that with my, my second baby, we had a lot more we put a little bit more work into figuring out how to get him to sleep better (laughs) because my first was horrible and um, (laughs) so we we did that and he now he is fully aware of when he is tired and needs sleep Mm. and well he's six now so he will go to bed and have a nap if he needs to have a nap or when he's ready for bed he'll start to do his own he has his own routine. Yeah, like it's very similar to the whole household, but you know, he has his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having the support in the early days and understanding yeah. that and building those habits makes a
1: huge difference long term as well. Totally. Yeah. It's a lifelong skill. Like every everyone, you know, you won't have met someone that can't sleep. And you you often hear that too. Some people are like, ah, oh, you'll be right. You know, yeah, they're not sleeping now, but you know, they'll they'll eventually sleep. And yeah, they will, they'll eventually sleep. Um, But it's whether the parents are willing to wait it out a few years as to whether they'll sleep or not. But if we can create these really habits early on, it honestly is a lifelong skill to be able to recognise, do you know what, I'm tired, I need a break, I need a rest. You know, we may not nap as we get older, but we might need a bit of downtime. Um, You know, you might need to stop the stimulation around you and, yeah, you might just need to take a break. And that's, if we're building that in from an early age, it's totally creating those healthy habits. And yeah, as I said, it's a lifelong skill to be able to go to sleep. You know, lots of people need, um, you know, lots of adults use white noise. You know, I know some adults that like to listen to music or do meditation or something before they go to sleep. That is, you know, that's their wind down routine. I love a good wind down routine. Yeah, me too. I don't do it enough for me though, but you know, when I do, man, I
0: sleep well. We'll jump into some rapid fire questions if that's okay. Yep. If you can answer them in a sentence or less, that would be amazing. Done, I'll give it my best. So the first question is, what motivates you
1: to get out of bed in the morning? Uh, My little people, they totally motivate me. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Sleep wise, it's probably, it's all
0: right. It's just a phase, it'll pass. What is the best? piece of advice you've ever received? You can do anything. What is the most rewarding thing about your business?
1: Oh, Seeing people come in so sleep deprived, and then when we finish after two weeks, and they're like, I've got all this energy, you've changed my life. Like to see that development and progression, that is incredible.
0: And what was your quote unquote dream job when you were younger? It was to be a teacher.
1: Oh, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. And now I don't want to be that. Well, you're still (laughs) a teacher. (laughs) I was just going to say, or it's developed, it's changed into who I'm teaching.
0: I love that. So do you have any last little pieces of advice or little tidbits that you think might help somebody today?
1: Yeah. Um, I love that question. Yeah. I think, you know, I've sort of spoken about like being really consistent. Um, but you know, Moving away from that idea of sleep training, like sleep training to me is just putting a settling technique into place, like, you know, a cry it out, which I actually, I don't work with at all, but like, you know, something like that. And then expecting for there to be a change like sleep is, it's not one dimensional. There's so many different things that going to actually sleeping, you know, having quality sleep. Um, And that's why I'm more about creating sleep habits, you know, like I'm all about practical tips. Like I know the science behind sleep, but if you're coming to me sleep deprived, we don't really need to talk about that. Let's just get into the practicalities of how we can get your family sleeping really well um, so, you know, try and you need to know a little bit about sleep. And if you want to talk about the science of sleep, I'm here. I'm, I'm your gal too. But trying to just be really practical. If you're an out and about kind of person, then being tied to the cot, that ain't for you. So you've got to try and find a rhythm and in, in a routine in your life even if you feel like you don't have one i swear you do you know like if you ha- if you get up and brush your teeth and then have a coffee that's a routine in your day so Figure out what kind of person you are, how your rhythm and your routine goes and make sure your little person's getting the sleep they need throughout the day in and around what your routine is as well. Um, You know, I I think, you know, sleep's about having a bit of predictability in your day. Um, You know, I'm all about trying to create transferable sleep skills as well. So we don't just sleep in the cot. We can sleep in the porter cot at, you know, grandma's. We can sleep in the car, in the pram. So, um, you know, figure out what kind of family you are and then make the sleep needs fit around your family life as well. You know, one in the same.
0: I actually, Thank yeah, you. no, I really, really love that. Um, especially what you said about it being transferable, because I think that's, I feel like that's a massive, massive thing that we can struggle with. Like, oh, my baby only sleeps in the cot.
1: Yeah no
0: yeah huge it
1: just doesn't it just doesn't work not with life no (laughs) no not not with our life that we live now like you know I love going out and getting a coffee but you know sometimes that has to happen during nap time because you know whoever I'm meeting that so you've got to be able to sleep in the pram um or in the car on the way home or whatever it might be you know as I said going to grandma's and having a sleep there in the cot. you know sleep is a transferable school like I remember well I've got photos of when I was a kid like we were asleep under tables at weddings <laughs> like you've got to be able to sleep anywhere. <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah Okay. Before we wrap up, did you want to share where people can find you um,
1: on socials or your website if they want to learn more? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Emily and I'm from Family Centered Sleep. And so you can find my website, www.familycenteredsleep.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, probably more Instagram's my jam, but that's at Family Centered Sleep as well. So Yeah, come and find me, come and be part of the little community I'm creating and building there. As I said, I'm all about practicality and, um, you know, making sure our little people have their needs met, but trying to do it in a way where their life and our family life kind of works works all together as one. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today,
0: Emily. I have had such a wonderful time chatting with you and I cannot wait to see how much you grow and how much you get to help more and more families with their sleep.
1: Oh, thank you. Honestly, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today and getting to know a little bit more about you and who you are. And yeah, I've uh, I've honestly been so thrilled uh, to sit here and chat with you. So thanks for having me. I feel the same. Thank you so
0: much. I'll chat to you soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for
0: listening to the rise of her podcast. I am a one woman show. So if you have a moment to leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again. And bye for now.